Okay, we'd like to welcome you to our current event and weekly Bible study for February 3rd, 2008. And today we're going to be trying to do a couple of different studies. The first one we're going to be doing um, is a recent visit that Doug and I took to a hyper, hyper charismatic church. It was actually last Monday. So I'll entitle this uh, particular message, My Trip Down Charismania Lane. Sorry, I don't even mean to wax poetic there, but... Anyway, um... Yeah, we... I've been on this particular man's email list for a while. I heard about him, I don't know, six, seven months ago. His name was David Herzog. And a listener um, told me about this particular man. And she had actually been to one of his, uh, one of his meetings and saw a lot of crazy, crazy stuff going on. Now, what we're dealing with here today is the realm of hypercharismania. This is what I was really what I came out of as well, because I was at one time for, really wasn't a long period of time, but for about a, I don't know, seven to eight month period, I was in a very, very hyper-charismatic Pentecostal church. And um, it's like anything else, if you let something go, it's going to get worse. Okay, if you, if you give the devil an inch, he's going to take a mile. Well, the charismatic movement has gone further and further and further, and um, I found out that this particular man was coming, was actually going to be in my hometown. I found this out on a Sunday night. He had already, the, the email I think was sent on a, uh, I think it was sent on a Saturday. And we found this out, I found this out I believe on Sunday night after I'd done the sermon last, or the teaching last week. And uh, I called up Doug and, and uh, we both had a conviction that we wanted to go to this thing to pray and to uh, observe uh, you know, not to be ignorant of Satan's devices, that type of thing, but mostly to pray, because all kind of uh, things are going on at these meetings that they're claiming, and what it really boils down to is a lot of lying signs and wonders. Okay, now just to give you a little background on David Herzog, we're going to just we're going to talk about a couple hyper Pentecostal ministries today, and uh, granted, these aren't one of the the biggest. This isn't like Benny Hinn, but this is where I believe the Pentecostal and the Charismatic movement and the Catholics are already there, are all going to end up. Because what we're dealing with is lying signs and wonders, and that is what is attracting these people to this. Now, if you remember in the Bible, in Revelation, and Jesus warns about this in the New Testament, the chief way that the Antichrist is going to deceive people is through lying signs and wonders. That's how he's going to say, if it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect. These types of things. So these are the main things that we need to be looking at in regard to Satan's devices, lest we be ignorant of them. Okay. Now, on his homepage, David Herzog Ministries, he's got a real top-notch website. I've, I've rarely seen one this nice. And he's got a... Uh, He's got a thing that he's advertising here. The first thing is a conference that's going to be held in Sedona, Arizona. Now, I don't know if you know about Sedona, Arizona, but it is like the New Age, alien, New World Order type of capital um, of all of Arizona, really of the United States. Mostly New Age, which is a lot of people that are in the occult are highly, highly attracted to Sedona, Arizona. It has that, they like the vibe, evidently. And he's having a conference there. And uh, his justification at the seminar that 
we're, we'll be talking about a little bit, or the meeting that we were at, is, you know, we need to go and take back Sedona and these types of things. And um, But the seminar is going to have, it's entitled God's Wonder Women. God's Wonder Women. And he's got a symbol, I don't know if you've ever remember that show, was it Linda Carter? I don't know. Whoever the lady that played Wonder Woman while I was a little kid. But it's got that symbol, Wonder Woman, it's got that exact same symbol in the middle of the advertisement. And it says, let, let God's wonder women arise for such a time as this. Like Esther, that's the, that's the implication there, Esther arose for such a time as this. But the, and it shows this one lady, she's got her arms up, like she just scored a touchdown. Her name's Winnie, Winnie Bandy? Yeah, Winnie Bandy, and then another, another lady named Jill Austin. And then David Herzog's wife, of course, Stephanie Herzog. Um, and then David's in the picture too, he's kind of, he dresses wild, man, this guy, he, he looks like he's going to, when I saw him that night and in this picture, he kind of looks like he's getting ready to walk into a nightclub, that's, that's how he dresses, and I'm, I'm really, literally mean, I'm not exaggerating here, I mean, he, he looks like he's going, what they, I guess they called it a clubbing, he'd be out of place, he wouldn't be out of place in any nightclub, put it that way, but, I thought that that was interesting, that, that this is one of the main things he's doing. From what I understand, now, he was there that night when we saw him talk, and um, his wife wasn't there, but from what I was told, that most of the time, his wife does most of the speaking. So, she's, you know, wife-slash-preacher. And uh, then they show a picture of, of him and his wife below, and I'm sorry, the, the, the man doesn't... I don't want to speak derogatory things, but if you want to go and see a picture of this guy, it's thegloryzone.org. Thegloryzone.org. He's got a book. Um, and his main book that he's advertising, he, that was released recently, is called The Glory Invasion. Now, all you hear about, and all we heard about that night, and all you hear about in the eyes is glory, 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 glory. That's all they talk about. Everything relates back to glory. Okay? And... What they're doing is glorying in their shame, as the Bible talks about. That's what they're really actually doing. In fact, their whole ministry is glorying in their shame. But see, they're, they're so blind that they can't see this. The prince of this world has blinded their eyes that they cannot see. Their consciences have been seared with a hot iron. According to 1 Timothy 4.1, they've given heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. They're speaking lies and hypocrisy. And their consciences are sealed with a hot iron. I don't know how somebody that's this far gone and content to stay in this year after year after year, I mean, I'm not saying they can't be redeemed and they can't be saved. But, but when you're at that level of delusion, thinking you're doing God's will, operating in so many unbiblical ways. We're going to talk about this shortly. It's, it's hard for me to understand how they can... You know, I know with the Lord all things are possible. I know He brought me out of it. But I didn't stay in it forever either. These are people that have been doing this stuff for years and years and years. Decades. And yet they have no conviction to get out of it or no conviction they're doing anything wrong. And if they just... Even if they open up their NIV, they could figure this thing out. I understand the NIV is watered down. But... You can even figure a lot of this stuff with an NIV. But it's polluted words, so I wouldn't advise it. But So the glory invasion, it's called Walking Under an Open Heaven by David Herzog. Now let's talk about the points of this book. Here's the key points of this book. <clears throat> Hot off the press, 
The first point is suspending the laws of gravity. Now, I'm not lying here. This is what they talk about. That's the first thing they've got listed. Suspending the laws of gravity. So, I guess what they're talking about here is, is when gravity no longer has any uh, play in this particular dimension that we're in. Now, they didn't talk too much about people being suspended and hovering over the surfaces and stuff like that, but he does talk about it in this book. And, and again, the line signs and wonders that are coming, if you think it's bad now, you've need, you, you ain't seen nothing yet, as the expression goes. It's going to get worse. There's going to be more deception, heaped on deception. And this is what people are going to follow. They're, they're much more going to want to rather follow the lying signs and wonders than they are the Word of God. Because the lying signs and wonders require nothing of them. The Word of God does require things. They don't want to be accountable to a holy God, is what it boils down to. So if they see enough lying signs and wonders, they think, oh, well, this has to be from God. I mean, even though the Bible warns continually that this is going to be the chief way we're going to be deceived. The next point is understanding understanding quantum physics and the glory. Quantum physics. Now I talked to Doug a little bit about this, and, and he had relayed to me that much of quantum physics is absolutely steeped in the occult. So that doesn't surprise me. That would be the second point. The third point is how creation responds to sound. And this is one of the reasons they make so much noise. Um... Doug brought up a good point when we were at this meeting. They were, it was like pandemonium. And I mean that word. You know, the word pandemonium is derived from the word pan. Pan, the, the um, god of lust, and, and which is where we derive the word pandemonium from. And it's, it's as though when you read in the Bible about the priests of Baal having to work themselves up into a froth and fervor and frenzy in order to try to get their gods to do anything. And Elijah, he calls, you know, fire down from heaven and it consumes it. But see, the priests of Baal had to do all this and all this and all this in order to try to, you know, and that's how it feels when you're at one of these things. They've got to continually do and do and do and do in order to supposedly usher in, you know, the Holy Spirit or angels or whatever they're trying to glean. And Doug just brought up a good point when we were there. And I don't want to give too much away because we're going to talk about that in depth. But he... This Herzog guy was saying we have to shout in order to get these, you know, these portals or openings in order for these manifestations to happen. Because that's why everybody's there. Guaranteed. They're there to see some line sign and wonder. That's that's their main motivation. But this is this the third point of the book is how creation responds to sound. Okay, and what what they're saying is you got to shout, you got to work yourself up into this fervor, you got to play all this Christian rock music, you've got to work your state, you've got to work yourself into a state of altered consciousness, which is really what it is. What we're dealing with here is mass mind control. It's the same thing Benny Hinn does. I watched a documentary on Benny Hinn the other day, and the guy that was critiquing it said, "This is abs- This man is brilliant at what he does. He, this is mass mind control. He plays music, and they work themselves up into this fervor for." Sometimes a couple hours before he ever even sets foot on stage. And then when Benny Hinn comes out at these crusades, it's to the same song every time. How great thou art. You think he's trying to send a signal to those people? How great thou art? No, it's how great Benny is. Is what he's trying to send a signal for. By the time he steps on stage, people, you've got this mass mentality. 
you've got these people in stadiums. They're already worked up into a frenzy. They're expecting the adrenaline rush is going, the endorphin release in their body is going. I'm talking about physiological things that are happening. And so that's, that's what happens uh, most of the time at these particular um, meetings that they have. The, the fourth point in the book is the secrets of creative miracles. And then the next point is the new superheroes. Now, there's a big push on secular television. I think there's a show called Heroes, where I believe it's people, all of them are unsaved, all of them are ungodly to the core. One of them, I, I, from what I read, is a what they call a cam girl. She's a, she's a, uh, she, she, um, she does internet pornography. She films herself, and guys watch her and stuff, and, and you can subscribe to her. That's, that's what one of these heroes is on TV. Okay? I don't know what, I forget what the other ones do, but there's this big push on TV to have secular people do all these miracles and signs and wonders, and they have nothing to do with God. Nothing. But this is all by design as well. You have now you have the indigo children, you have the dolphin children, you have um, there's like I don't know how many different different types of children that are supposedly being born that have all of these special extrasensory perceptions and and things of this nature. And uh, they're psychics. They can do this. That, and, and all of it's based on New Age. Every bit of it. None of it glorifies God. See, that's how I know it's not of God. Because if it were of God, it would point to Jesus Christ. And I don't mean some kind of false Jesus Christ. I mean it would point to the Word of God. The King James Bible, it would, it would point to the... But it doesn't do that ever. So that's an easy way you can understand if this thing is of God or it's not. Because the Bible says that if, if you know, Satan could transform himself into an angel of light, it's no marvel that his ministers can be transformed into ministers of righteousness. Now that not, might not necessarily mean that the ministers are ministers in some particular church, they could appear as ministers of righteousness even in a secular, oh, what a, what a good man. Look at him, he's doing miracles. Yes, it has nothing to do with the Lord Jesus Christ. And yes, people are coming to see the man, and not God. They're following a man. That's what most of this boils down to. Most of the people that go to see people like David Herzog or those types of people speak, they're following a man. And the Bible says, thus saith the Lord, cursed be the man that trusteth in man, and that maketh flesh his arm, and his heart departeth from the Lord. I get people all the time and ask me, well, who do you align yourself with? Who do you, who do you follow? I don't really, I try to follow the Bible. There's certain people I'll refer to if they want to know as far as good preachers. Pastor Slattery, Pastor Weaver, um, these types of people up on Servants Audio. Underground Christian Church is a good one. I'm not saying there's not more. I'm just saying that there's few people I'll refer to I don't claim to follow any of them. I just don't. Because the Bible says, Thus said the Lord, Cursed be the man that trusts the man. Now I'm not saying if you're in a church, and you're under a godly pastor, that's a bad thing. I'm just saying that, that for me, in my particular area, I don't know where I would go anyway. This, and this is, a, this is a question I keep getting over and over. Um, the website is just, and I praise the Lord, and I thank you, but it's exploding. I mean, we had 11,000... 800 downloads this month, which was up from 7,800 last month, which was way up from the month before that. So it's, I probably spent this month, I don't know, 
50 to 60 hours every week on the, on answering questions, putting up the sermons. Um, it's more than a full-time job now at this point for me, just to try to get to everyone's questions. Um, but, you know, the Lord put me in that position, and, and I praise the Lord for it. So, um, I guess there's some people that, that perceive there's a need for it, <laughs> so that's good. But, if we go further with this, um, so he talks about the new superheroes, and then the next point in the book is how people are transported and translated. Oh yeah. We'll talk about that when, when we get to the to the meaning part. Transported and translated. Like the guy, you know, the transported Ethiopian, Ethiopian eunuch, that, that type of thing, in the Bible. And then the next point is how Jesus went through walls, supernatural finances, the spoken word and the glory, geographical portals. Now this is this point really, really caught my attention because I've I've done a lot of studying into the occult, and not because I've studied it to try to learn it. I'm trying to learn Satan's devices, and this was after I was saved. And this isn't something I advise just every new Christian to go do, but from my studies, witches, people that are heavily involved in the occult, will go to certain places in order to evoke certain spirits, or in order to do this or do that. There was a witch that came to our hometown, and this article appeared in our local paper. I think her, 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 her name was Amy Bordadella or something. She was originally from, um, I don't know, up north somewhere, I think in Maryland. And she came to our hometown... And she did this thing called uh, pendulum dowsing, where you use these pendulums. Now, I've seen Christians at, at Christian seminars use pendulums in order to, they ask questions to the pendulum, and the pendulum tells them whether they should eat something, or whether they shouldn't do this or shouldn't do that. Now, I'm not lying, I've really seen this. And these are people that call themselves born-again Christians. This was a while back. I've seen it on more than one occasion. Now, people in the New Age do this, too. Do you realize what witchcraft you're dealing with there? You're, you're putting your trust in some pendulum that some demonic entity is influencing in some way, shape, or form to try to put you through a gigantic con job. Pendulum dowsing. She pendulum doused a whole map of our area. And the pendulum told her where these portals were. Um, I mean, she pinpointed it on my maps. Now, I'm not saying it's a 100% accurate or, or that I buy into every bit of it. But I do believe there's some merit from a demonic standpoint. Because witches don't do something unless they get results. Or they're, or they're thinking they're going to get results. And don't kid yourself. People that get into witchcraft don't do it just because there's no benefit. Sin is pleasurable for a season. And that's what witchcraft is. But the devil is a cruel taskmaster. He makes you jump through a lot of hoops in order to get whatever you're trying to get done. So they have to do this, and they have to do that, and they're like the priests of Baal. they got to work themselves up into this or that. they got to do this incantation or do that um, in order to evoke the spirit or put a curse on somebody or get whatever they're trying to get. Got to jump through a lot of spiritual hoops. And she put together this map, and um, she said that of all areas she had ever been in the United States, she felt as though the area that I live in, in southwest Florida, was the most, um, I guess what she was trying to say, it's, it's the most occultically charged place she's ever been in her life. 
And this David Herzog pretty much said the same thing. He says, of the two places we've been, one of them is southwest Florida, and one of them is Sedona, Arizona. Those are the two places they hang out the most. I believe it's the same reason. Because all they're practicing is charismatic witchcraft. You know, for somebody to infiltrate a charismatic church, which is, I've, I've read the accounts of this, it's the easiest thing in the world to do. Because all they have to do is go there, and they can go, and everybody's praying in unison in tongues, or they're all screaming, or they're all doing this or that. The witches can actually pray in their demonic tongues, and pretty much everybody else is doing the same thing anyway, even though they don't know it. They're praying in tongues, and uh, they're actually putting curses on the congregation. And I've read accounts where these witches can go to these charismatic churches and be totally accepted. Everybody thinks they're just like them. And nobody's none the wiser. And they're sitting there putting curses on everybody. Now, a lot of, I've also heard many accounts of where people would go to these meetings. Like, let's say somebody from America who prays in tongues would go over to Africa, and they'd be in a meeting, and everybody would be praying in tongues. And this person from America starts praying in tongues, or wherever they're from. And everybody starts to look at them like, why are you cursing Jesus Christ? Did you know that happens? So you're sitting there thinking you're praying in some un, un known holy tongue, and you're cursing Jesus Christ in another language. Not exactly an endorsement. I'm not saying God can't do that. I just haven't seen it manifest properly in a biblical setting, in a biblical way. Now that's a whole other study, but for the most part I think that's what you're getting. Not only that, when, when the Bible talks about tongues, it said there should be one doing it and two or three interpreting. There's, there's specific parameters. They don't do that in these churches, I'm telling you. They don't do it. Everybody's doing it. Hey, they all got their conflicting Bible versions. They're all praying. And, you know, it's just a mess. It's pandemonium. The Bible says let everything be done in decency and in order. There's nothing decent and in order, especially about what we're going to describe in a little bit here. So one of the things, she, the main things he talks about is these geographic portals. Now supposedly this is where angels and these types of things come through. Now in the occult, it's well known that, and this started, I shouldn't say it started, but it, it got a lot of its modern day influence from um, Aleister Crowley, who stylized himself as the Great Beast, and then the people that carried on Aleister Crowley's work primarily was one of them was L. Ron Hubbard, the guy that started Scientology. He's a flat-out Crowley follower, Satanist. So that's the roots of Scientology. I've done a whole sermon on that, or teaching. And um, and then it was uh, Jack Parsons of uh, Jet Propulsion's Laboratory. They did this thing called the Babylonian Working, where they were trying to usher through this portal. Because, see, people in the occult are well, well aware of these things. They're well aware of these things. And what they believe and what they have to do in order to open these portals is commit some type of lewd, disgusting act in order to open these po portals. That's typically what will go along with ceremonies like this. It was called the Babylonian working. Crowley did the Alamtrioth working, I believe, was what it was called. But what they're trying to do is usher in these demonic entities, these fallen angelic entities, into our plane of existence. So that these, these entities can do whatever they please. Now, I think they're doing a pretty good job. This is what witchcraft is all about. The goal of witchcraft on Satan's end is to infiltrate the world as much as possible, to defile the world as much as, the world as, much as possible, to usher in the kingdom of Antichrist. 
And they're doing a good job. But um, they did this Babylonian working to usher through the... I, I guess they were trying to usher through the whore of Babylon. And um, so just to kind of give you a little background there on this, on this whole portal thing. It's something that's very, very, very real for people in the occult. And now we're seeing it become very, very, very real for people in the hyper-charismatic Pentecostal movement. And then the next point is mass deliverance in the glory. Mass del- he talked a lot about mass deliverance. Saw no evidence of it. I've never seen any evidence of mass deliverance. But he said that there were. The Bible says, Narrow is the way which leadeth to life eternal, and few there be that find it. Broad is the way which leadeth to destruction, and many there be that go thereat. So, for somebody to say, in the day and time we're living in, in the most apostate, lukewarm, reprobate, delusional time that's ever come about, and it's only getting worse, for somebody to come to me and say, oh yes, he talked about God was going to give them all of Europe. Oh, so you're telling me that everyone in Europe is going to be saved under Herzog's ministry. And there's no, there's no evidence of any of this. They just say one lie and go to the next lie. That's, all, that's what these Pentecostal charismatic preachers do. They lie and they lie. They heap lie upon lie. And my people love to have it so. That's what the Bible talks about. The next part is, well, at least these are the ones that are following him. They love to have it so. The next part is invading governments in the glory. So we're, we're going to invade the governments with glory. Now I'm not saying we shouldn't pray for our government and these types of things. Okay? Um, but, as we've said here, there, there's so much leaven in this doctrine. They're not doing anything the right way from a biblical perspective. And the last point is resurrection glory in Israel. Then he's got a, he's got a series of books that he's selling. Uh, the next one is called Desperate for New Wine. <laughs> You'll read a lot about this in that movement. Uh, it goes on to say, One New Year's Eve, the Lord challenged me to write this book as a blessing to God's people and as a tool to spread the move of the Holy Spirit. From renewal to revival, while focusing our sights not only on renewal, but on where it is going on a global scale. See, so much of what they do and the theme of what they do is global. Let's go global. Okay? Which is exactly the same agenda as the New World Order. The only thing that's going to be global is a one-world religion, one-world political system, one-world currency, one-world economic system of the Antichrist. Yes, it is going to go global. And this ministry and all the other ministries that are out there, particularly the ones that are 501c3, are going to come right underneath the whore. They're going to come right underneath the whore. And they're all going to be one big, happy, apostate family. At least it's going to appear that way for a time. And then it says, much of the content and principles in this book were given to me by the Lord as revelation. More lies. More stinking lies. And then it says, especially during times of fasting and prayer. Now, if you're reading this and you're following one of these Pentecostal people, like Benny Hinn wrote that book, Good Morning Holy Spirit, and supposedly these books are all written by divine revelation. God gave this to me as I was praying and fasting. Now, if you're already following this person, and you're believing the lies they're telling you, and I'm not saying every single thing that comes out of their mouth is a lie, obviously, that's not the case. But remember, a little leaven, leaveneth the whole lump. 1 Corinthians 5. We don't, and leaven's always a type of sin. It permeates, it corrupts, it pollutes. Just a little bit of, of leaven makes the whole mound of dough rise. And that's why they say that, a little leaven leaven of the whole lump. 
And Jesus warns of the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees, which is their doctrine. It's the doctrine that people believe. And so much of this is extra-biblical anymore. They don't even go by the Bible. When we were at this meeting, there wasn't a Bible opened up one time. I saw very few people that even had Bibles. And if they did, I guarantee you they weren't King James. Or we could almost guarantee you. Now, I, I don't think I heard... I heard a few veiled scripture references, but no book chapter verse, no nothing. The whole time we were there. We were there for, I don't know, two and a half, three hours. But when you have somebody that's following a person like this, and they say, I produced this book, Desperate for New Wine, because I received it by the Lord as revelation for fasting and prayer. In this way, his followers believe they're hearing straight from God. You understand that? That's why all these books are so dangerous. I don't read a lot of... I, I probably wouldn't read hardly any books if somebody said I was hearing this directly straight from God as divine revelation. I mean, the Word of God is complete. Okay? The Bible's been written. I'm not saying that God can't speak to somebody. But all this extra-biblical stuff is a big reason we all have gotten into all this mess that we're in today in the church. Every single cult that virtually ever starts that has any kind of Christian veneer, it's all the same deal. Well, yeah, we use the Bible, but we also use this. Like the Mormons we had talked about. They use the Pearl of Great Price, the Book of Mormon. Okay? And the Bible. They And... They always have these extra-biblical prophets that supposedly speak things. So much of the time it's contradictory to the Bible. And who do they choose when it comes down to making a decision? They choose whatever the false prophet says. Over what the Bible says. Most of them have corrupted versions anyway. Like the Jehovah Witnesses have a New World Order. Oh, I'm sorry. New, new World Translation. <laughs> hey, I made a joke that I really wasn't even trying. New World Order translation. That'll be the that'll be the uh, Bible of the Antichrist. <laughs> so, this is an important point. All these books that are out there, and you go to I can't even stand going to Christian bookstores. They make me want to bout vomit. I'm sorry. There's so little good in these stores. All these people writing of this and that and this and that. Many of them are women preachers. Many of them are, are just lukewarm, new age, contemplative spirituality, all this other stuff. You know, the Bible section is, is you know, most of them are false versions and stuff like that. They're making merchandise off the coattails of Christ, if you think about it. Like, what was Jesus Christ really mad about when he went into the temple? You've turned my the house of God into a temple of merchandise, essentially. Okay, that doesn't make Jesus Christ happy when we do these. And that's what so many ministries, they're making all these millions and millions of dollars. And that's the true motivation, is money. All, these, all this money off book sales and all these other things. And, and so much of the books that they're writing are totally unbiblical. They're not hearing from God. They're lying. This guy's lying. But see, he says he received the revelation to write this book, Desperate for New Wine, from, from the Lord himself when he was praying and fasting. So in this way, 
his followers and other people's followers believe that they're hearing straight from God when they read this book. Even if it contradicts the Bible. Because they say, well, we're receiving a new revelation. The Bible says, thus saith the Lord, seek ye the old paths, wherein is wisdom. We don't do that anymore. But because, see, everybody in this type of movement, they want their flesh, you know, they want their flesh moved. That's what this is all about. I've been there, done it, I know. And it's very, very powerful. I've said this before, when I came out of that Pentecostal church that I was at, and I was probably the most radical out of the bunch, because I equated that with zeal. When I came out of it, I had eight or nine people come out of it with me. I didn't really try to create, it wasn't like it was a church split. I mean, it was like a church of like 5,000 members. A lot of people. But when I came out of it, um, within one to one and a half years, every single one of them had all went back into it. And they knew the same truth I did. I showed them all the same things on the King James Bible. I showed them, I had this 20-hour series of tapes on um, showing um, these all these particular type of, of high-level charismatic ministers, Benny Hinn, uh, Dad Hagen, Copeland, all these guys, Rodney Har Brown, they were, what they were doing is they were showing what they were doing off-camera, slowing down the tongues, sometimes doing backward masking on the tongues. They were, and when you got done watching this 20 hours, you could come to no other conclusion that these men aren't just deceived, they're Satanists. They were calling out to Satan much of the time, calling out to gods like Bacchus and things like that. These men are evil. Evil. And they're at the head. And if the head's sick, the body's going to be sick. So, but these people all went back into it, knowing the same truth I knew. That's how powerful this stuff is. This is a big reason I do what I do. Because I'm, I'm a little bit mad about what was done to me. I take offense to that. I was being destroyed for lack of knowledge. But see, they were shown knowledge and they chose to go back into it. The Bible says, to whom much is given, much is required. It also says that you're destroyed for lack of knowledge in Hosea 4.6. But then it says, because thou hast rejected knowledge, I will also reject thee, and thou shalt be a priest to me no more, and I will also reject thy children. So, when you have somebody that, like, let's say, the dad and the mom, more the head of the family, and they choose, let's say they're, they're shown truth, or even if they're not shown truth, and they stay in something like this, and they never seek truth, you're actually potentially doing irreparable harm to your children as well. Think about it, because it says, because thou hast rejected me, thou shalt be a priest to me no more, and I will also reject thy children. So it's not just like you're affecting yourself, you're affecting, who knows, maybe generations to come. So, if we go further, the next book he's got for sale is Mysteries of the Glory Unveiled. I don't know if this is the sister book to Isis Unveiled by Blavatsky. I don't know. Madam Blavatsky. Sorry, just... <laughs> I don't know, it may be. But it's called Mysteries of the Glory Unveiled. The new, wa the new wave of signs and wonders. Remember, it's always new and refreshing. Fifty years, this is the, for the book, it says, Fifty years after the last great miracle revival, believers of every Christian denomination are beginning to experience this restoration in what the author calls the former and the latter reigns of glory. Now you see a lot of this in um, this movement. This hyper-Pentecostal movement, this particular part of the movement, the Joel's army, 
the um, Manifest Lab, Sons of God, these types of movements are very, very much into dominionism and ushering in the kingdom. They're, they believe that we're going to usher in the kingdom because we're so holy and we're so unbelievable as a group, particularly the Pentecostals, that we're basically going to make the world such a great place that, that, that Jesus Christ is going to come back, there's going to be no tribulation, and everything's just going to be great. That's basically dominionism. And that's what they believe. And then this book, this uh, description of the book says, As foretold by the prophets, the rain is resulting in the greatest harvest of souls that the world has ever known. Oh, it is. Where's the evidence of that? The greatest harvest of souls? This guy talked about, during this meeting, how, oh, we went and we won this many, we, we, we won this many. Where's the evidence of it? All these mass conversions, supposedly, at Reinhard Bunky over in, you know, Africa, and at the Benny Hinn Crusades. Where's the evidence of it? They can't even produce evidence of the healings at the Benny Hinn thing. There's a whole study. It's, it's like a two, two and a half hour documentary on this. Up on the internet, you can, you can go uh, with uh, Benny Hinn where documents all this stuff. They follow these people. This one particular one, they followed the people, many of the people, I think three of them were the ones that went up on stage, three or four, and they had these different various maladies, and they were very serious. One was cancer, one guy had really bad degenerated hips, and they went up there, and they were in this big adrenaline rush, and this big endorphin release in the body, and who knows what else spirit they were under, and they felt fine. Oh, I've been healed. There's no proof of it. They followed these people afterward. Every one of them that I saw on this particular port died within months after going to Benny Hinn. They were dead. The one lady, her and her son, both had cancer. They were both dead within, I don't know, three or four months after the thing. The one guy, it was like a Hindu family, and they had their, I think their, their son they brought or whatever. He was dead soon. One guy had massive hip degeneration. He came up on stage, was lifting his hips, felt great. That all fell through. He, he ended up, I believe, dying of complications of the surgeries that supposedly he was never going to have to have. Okay, now I, may, I may be missing fine points of these, but the, the essence of it I hopefully have conveyed. But they're saying that, that this harvest, of, the greatest harvest of souls the world's ever known. While the Bible's saying the exact opposite. The Bible's talking about in Revelation 3, the Laodicean church era, where they think they're, you know, in need of nothing. Yet they're blind, wretched, weak, naked. They're lukewarm. God's going to vomit them out of his mouth. The Bible says evil men and seducers are going to wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. It says in 2 Thessalonians 2, chapter, um, 2 Thessalonians 2, uh, 3, where it talks about um, that God is going to send a strong delusion, that they will believe a lie, that they might all be damned to receive not the love of the truth. So, when you, when you have all these dynamics taking place that the Bible's very, very clear on regarding the end times. And yet you have supposedly this apostate church saying the exact opposite. Who are you going to believe? Who are you going to believe? But the people caught up in this don't care. They've already been, it's like they've, it doesn't matter to them. They just want to go from lie to lie. They're content with that. It's unbelievable. It really is. These people are brainwashed. And it, very, it is very sad because ultimately they're going to hell. I don't believe they're saved. I don't believe if the Holy Spirit was living inside them, they could just be content to stay in this stuff year after year after year, never seek the truth, 
to be content with these lying signs and wonders, to follow a man, doesn't make sense. It doesn't add up scripturally, is what I'm saying. I'm not the judge God is. Okay, I'm not saying every single one of them are all going to hell. I can't make that determination. But I wouldn't want to particularly be in their shoes. Not because I think I'm better, just because I'm trying to compare this with the Bible. And again, he's saying this great harvest of souls. Why then, if, if we're in such a wonderful time, why is apostasy so rampant? Why is that? I don't see mass conversion. I don't see any conversion. I don't see people getting saved. I don't. Not, not in these big whatever stadium churches or these big you know, stadium revivals like with Benny Hinn, these types of things. True conversion? And then they go on to say, what took centuries to understand and accomplish, God is now doing in an instant, in the present glory. And that's another big theme you'll see. God's doing a quick work now. That's what they'll say. He's accelerating things. God's sending the strong delusion. That's what he, that's what he predicted in the Second Thessalonians. That they will believe a lie. That they might all be damned to receive not the love of what? Of the truth. Now the main truth is the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. But there's other truth as well. Which is kind of why I have this ministry. To try to point out these other, these other things. And then it says, What once seemed like a mystery is now being unveiled to those who seek the knowledge of God's glory. God is giving to the hungry believers the mystery of the glory unveiled. Now, when it says God is doing all of this in an instant, in, his, in this present glory, why, is that, why would that be? Because he's so happy with the church? Because we're so holy and we deserve it? I'm like, are we better than the apostles? Or the martyrs? Or the other? Evidently we are. See, that's pride. If we got what we deserve, we'd get hell. Every one of us. Myself including. Me, me at the head of the list. Okay? So I'm not trying to judge. I'm just being honest here. Consider the pit from whence thou wast dug. As the Bible talks about. Consider the pit which you were dug from. The Bible says to, to this man will I look. That is him is, that is of a meek and a contrite spirit and trembleth at my word. These people don't have a meek and contrite bone in their body. For the most part, they don't. Trembleth at his word, they don't even have the right Bible version. And they don't read that probably. They would rather go by divine revelation or some guy reading a book or some pastor feeding them what they want to hear. I'm telling you, the word of God is not emphasized in these types of meetings. Then his next book is Walking Under an Open Heaven. And then another DVD then that was made, his wife did it, Stephanie, The Weapons of Glory. Ah, so now we have the weapons. And then the next DVD is The School of Miracles. So that's by his wife again, Stephanie. And then Miracles in the Glory, DVD. And then How to Do Miracles. That's the next DVD. That's a good one. I like How to Do. Was it like a recipe? A little recipe you put together? Well, that's what witches do. You know, they conjure, they do this, they get this, they get this herb. and they, I don't know. I'm not going to order to find out. And then, he, and then he's real, real big on promoting the 
previous apostate faith healer, A.A. A. Allen. He's got a whole series of uh, DVDs by A.A. A. Allen. And then he's got a CD that he's selling, because a lot of what they do centers around the praise and worship. And this CD is described, Awesome Worship and Soaking Music CD, that will take you into the heavenly realms of God's glory. Yeah, through the um, heavy metal guitars and the drums and all the other ungodly stuff they have going on, where they sing chorus after chorus after chorus over and over, and it never ends. Trust me, I was just there Monday night. Ugh. But again, it's like the priests of Baal having to work themselves up into this frenzy in order to get God to do whatever they want Him to do. It's what, that's what it, it's, it's akin to. And then you can order a shirt. He's got a shirt that um, says, You are now entering the glory zone. And it's got a picture of a guy walking through like this tunnel, like probably like a portal. And then it says, You have now entered the glory zone. Oh, that glorifies God. That's not too blasphemous. No. No, that's okay. So let's go further. Then, so I get this. I get this thing from Herzog, because see, I sign up to these people's web to their newsletter list. As far as long I unsubscribed after I couldn't take anymore. But um, I this was the last email I got from him, and it was um, he's coming to uh, my hometown. And um, Fort Myers, Florida, and it's description of the meeting, glory, miracle, salvation, prophetic revival meetings, and they're having three meetings, and the last one was on Monday night, and that's the one we ended up going to, and uh, they, this is their newsletter, the Glory Zone News, everything's glory, well that's his gimmick, that's all this is, it's like in Vegas where they have a gimmick, their dog and pony show? That's his gimmick. Glory. So he goes on to describe this. He says, Signs and wonders have already begun to hit the, this church as they have been preparing for the meetings. Now this is the, um, I believe the church in Florida where we were at. Again, people are coming in from all over Florida. The Carolinas and other states. There was one person there from France, I think, wasn't there? Yeah, because they were asking. Because that makes them feel like Wow, somebody came all the way from France. This must be where God really is. One, one, there were a couple missionaries there, Pentecostal missionaries, from. they were on furlong from uh, Israel. So then he goes on to say, new moves of God. Remember, it's always some new move of God. They started out in Florida. God has reserved something special for Southwest Florida. As we have seen the move of God move, and we spend more time in this area more time here than anywhere else in the past 10 years. Now again, I really believe this area is very demonically infested where I live. I believe many, many occultists are attracted here. I don't, I don't believe it, I know it. And the, this particular witch that I mentioned earlier that did this pendulum dowsing map, I actually called her on the phone. Because I can dialogue with these people. And I was trying to find out more about, you know, this and that. And, and, and she had relayed that, you know, this area, she had gotten healings here. She had actually gotten healed here where, because of the actual energy, but it was from a demonic standpoint that she got healed. Because there's pl there's different areas you can go to, to like, they do they have areas where they go to recharge their crystals that they have. All kind of crazy stuff that they're doing. I believe, like the Bible talks about when Abel's 
blood cried out from the land. And the Bible talks about that there's certain things that, that we can do that defile the land, like the spilling of innocent blood, particularly when you, when you let your seed pass through the fire, it talks about, to Moloch and these types of, which is child sacrifice. These types of things, the Bible is clear, will defile the land. Sodomy is another thing the Bible mentions that defiles the land. Learn not the way of the heathen. When you do things of the heathen, and what was that in reference to in that particular verse in Jeremiah? That was in reference to Christmas, Xmas. Talked about cutting a tree out of the forest and decking it with gold and silver. Now, if you have any questions about that, I've done a whole teaching on, on Xmas you can go listen to. Um, and if you want to know any of the sermons, here's something simple you can do. If you go to my homepage... And if you're on a particular website, one of my sermons, just click on where it says Dr. Scott Johnson. There's a link there. It takes you to my homepage. Go down a little bit, and there's a little box there. And if you want to, if you have like a particular subject like Rick Warren, type Rick Warren into the box, and it'll take you directly to my teaching on it. If you want to know about um, the 501c3, type that in there, and it'll take you right now. Granted, it's only going to search the titles, but it is a really useful tool. North American Union, you can do that too. So anyway, I, that's how I, I go back. I have people emailing me now constantly. And I have to go back and try to find, because I've got so like 121 teachings up there now, so I don't know exactly where they're at either. But that's a quick way you can find things. Um, so if we go further, But I found it interesting saying that he had spent more time here in the past ten years. And then also Sedona, Arizona. Probably the one, the, one of the two most wickedest places as far as the land being defiled that I know of. Why would I say that? Because the prevailing tribe of Indians that lived here hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years ago, it's well documented, were the Calusa Indians. This was their spiritual Washington, D.C., this is where, and they were the most fierce ruling band of Indians around. Human sacrifice was the norm. Okay, remember I said that the innocent blood cries out from the land? Human sacrifice was the norm. They walked around mostly naked. They were savages. The other Indian tribes in Florida were so afraid of them, they all paid them tribute. Even outside of the state of Florida. They would actually pay the Calusa Indians tribute. They were unusually large, as the Spanish conquistadors said, when they came here. And they were fierce warriors. They were so strong that a Spanish conquistador couldn't even pull back the bow of one of the Calusa Indians, uh, their, their bows that they used. Freaky strong. Way bigger than normal. I don't know. I, I, I believe there were some seriously demonic things going on here in the past. And this was their spiritual headquarters, this area that I live in. Particularly on a place called um, Pine Island. They have all their Indian mounds and all this other stuff that they found. And this stuff defiles the land. This is why I go to these places and pray. Because the Bible says the earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof and all they that dwell therein. That's a whole other subject, but... I believe this is a big reason that people to this day are attracted to this area because of all the demonic things that went on in the past and defiled the land. I'm just using that as an example. Just so you can kind of understand a little bit more about this whole portal thing. See, when you 
when innocent blood defiles the land, you're opening up doorways. This is why they're doing it. From a demonic standpoint, if the devils have freer access to our realm, because we've done something to defile the land, now what's the most prime example of that? An abortion clinic. That, that defiles the land. It's no mystery that the place where there's the main abortion clinic in our town, all around that thing are, um, you know, these uh, nude bars and stuff that they've got. They're all around it. Lingerie shops, all kind of wickedness. And, it, and if you look at, at the perimeter within a mile of that place, that's where all of the strip bars are. And many of the bars, and many of the nightclubs, and these lingerie shops. They're all within like a mile radius of the abortion clinic place. You think that's a coincidence? The only, quote, I think they call them head shops, where you go to get like papers to roll marijuana and stuff like that, it's right near there too. It's, in fact, it's right across the street. I don't think it's a coincidence. I really don't. Oh, now you're really getting off in the deep end now. Now you're really... But, you know, don't you understand the Bible says, we battle not against flesh and blood, but against princes, principalities, rulers of wickedness in high places. That's where our true battle is. So then he goes on in this report. He says, this is our Saint, so they were in St. Thomas. And so this is their praise report. He says, last night was a total glory blowout night. Many more souls were saved. Most of them saved from religion. Never having prayed the prayer of salvation. So that's another big thing they believe. We just have to say this little tiny prayer, and that's it. You're saved. That's it. You're done. Huh. Shouldn't there be, like, evidence of that salvation if you said this, and you really meant it, and you're going to live it? Is it? Shouldn't there be, like, evidence of that? I'm not saying you're saved by works. I'm saying that works will follow. The Bible talks about showing someone their faith by their works. But not works in front of faith. You don't earn your way to heaven. There's a big difference. But again, this is something that I never ever saw in the Pentecostal movement. I remember there was one time a Christian rock group came to our church. This place called Kingsway that I was at. This big church. And I remember going there that night, being one of the people that volunteered to pray with people that came. That, you know, they gave this altar call. I don't know who it was. It was, was it DC Talk or one of those bands... You know, and they're in there rocking out in the sanctuary. You know, it's, it's, it's just like a secular rock concert. I've been to many of those when I was younger. It's just like a secular rock concert. Same kind of environment, but it was at this big church. So all these people come out afterward, and I'm one of the people that are praying with them and supposedly um, leading them to the Lord. I mean, we're talking hundreds and I thought, oh man, this Sunday, it is going to be the best Sunday ever. Because we're going to have so many more people in the church. There's going to be true conversion. Do you know that Sunday there was less people there than a normal Sunday? And I didn't see one new person there. Where's the evidence, is the point I'm trying to make here. Where's the evidence that anybody was changed? They went to some, basically, secular rock concert under the veneer of Christianity. And uh, they didn't get changed. They weren't converted. They were no different. They went right back to doing exactly what they were doing. But yet they think they're going to heaven. Because they said some little prayer. Yet they go on continuing living like the devil. If the Holy Spirit's really living inside them, why was there no conversion? Why was there no change? 
The Bible says when you get saved, behold, all things are become new. Old things pass away. You're a new creature in Christ. You should have the fruit of the Spirit. You know, I'm not saying you're going to be walking in, in perfect, you know, unity with the Lord Jesus Christ exactly when you get saved. I'm not saying that. But there should be a pull toward righteousness. In some way, shape, or form. There should be some conviction of sin. Fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, meekness, goodness. What Spirit? The Holy Spirit that lives inside you. And then if you start living like the devil, and you're saved, the Bible says, Whom the Lord loveth, he also chasteneth. Meaning, you get like you get a spanking from God. And if you be without chastisement, you're bastards. Well, most of these people that say these prayers, they go on their merry way, nothing changes, there's no chastisement of God. Well, it says when that happens, then you're bastards. What's a bastard? An illegitimate son. You think you're a son, but you're illegitimate. You're not really saved. That's, that's the norm. I'm telling you, what I just said is the norm. Narrow is the way which leadeth to life eternal. Few there be that find it. It's not, it's not at one of these charismania events. So then it goes on with the St. Thomas Praise Report. It says, The glory of God was so thick in this place. Signs and wonders abounded, including instant healings. Gold dust. Oh, have you heard about that one? Yeah, people supposedly, they'll look, all of a sudden they'll look up at one of these things and they'll have gold dust all over them. Yeah, there's a lot of biblical precedent for that. And then instant weight loss. Yes, you heard it, instant weight loss. You could go to these meetings and get instant weight loss. He actually said that there are, in fact, he mentioned this in particular when he was over in Israel. This Herzog guy said that there were people that came just for the instant weight loss. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. I mean, you know, hey, that, that should be your motivation. You know, come, lose a few pounds, you know, get a little bro cream religion, a little dabble do ya, get your flesh tickled, and then leave. But hey, hey, look at this, I, I lost the weight. Yeah. I'm down three dress sizes in one night. Yeah, that Taylor made a good point. She said that it's because they're so hyper and they're dancing around, they probably burn, you know, probably burn two or three thousand calories. You know, one night. So, yeah, that's a good point, too. Um, but, yeah, uh, they, they've got this instant weight loss thing going on now. Which, you know, hey, I mean, I, in our hometown, we've got Results Weight Loss Center. we got Weight Watchers. I mean, I think it's going to give them a run for their money. I don't know. I mean, you talk about motivations for something like this. And then they've got the gray hair turning black back to black. That's a big one. Yeah, you, you go in there with a head of gray hair and you come out with a with a head of black hair. And you didn't even have to use the hair dye stuff. Yeah, and the Bible praises gray hair. The Bible, I mean, we could do a whole study on that. But yeah, the, the Bible doesn't talk about gray hair in a negative way. Okay, and then it says back, arthritis, asthma, cured, gold teeth fillings and crowns. Suddenly appearing. Did you know that? I'm telling you it's this bad. Gold teeth and crown. Now, let me ask you a question. If you were Satan, and you could do these things, I'm not saying God couldn't do this. I'm saying, why would God pick this setting in this scenario 
where so many things are out of order and out of place and ungodly to do these things? Why would God reward them for being wicked? Why would... You know what I mean? Of all places... Why would God do that? But if Satan could do this, who's going to come with all lying signs and wonders? And as I said before, if you think it's bad now, you, th- you ain't seen nothing yet. You think if Satan can orchestrate a few of these lying signs and wonders, a lot of them are just faked. But let's say he does it. Do you think if he could do that so you would continue to follow this movement and think it's the most real thing you've ever known? Do you think that he would do that if God permitted him? Remember, the Bible says God is going to be the one that sends the strong delusion that they will believe a lie, that they might all be damned who receive not the love of the truth. You're not getting truth. You're not receiving the love of truth when you go to one of these Pentecostal meetings. You're you're believing and receiving a lie. You're in great danger of hellfire, is really the reality of it. Am I therefore become your enemy because I tell you the truth? Galatians 4.16 I'm not telling you this because I want you to go to hell if you're listening to this and you're mad about this or whatever. I'm doing this because I love you enough to tell you the truth. I'm supposed to warn you. You see, you know, somebody in a burning house, I'm supposed to warn you. Well, I'm warning you. If you're in this, get out. And it's not because I'm, you know, what motivation do I have? Because I'm going to get so rich? Give me a break. This is unpopular stuff. But their motivation sure the other way. (laughs) They're making tons of money. Tons of money. But anyway, so these people miraculously get gold gold teeth, fillings, and crowns. Wouldn't that be great? You you walk in there, you have your your old rotted teeth, and you come out with a big old mouthful of gold teeth. Come on, I mean, yeah, but that's what they're saying. And then, it, and then it says in here, also, people got filled with the new wine of spirit laughing hysterically. Oh, see, that's the new wine. Remember that book that we talk, just talked about, the new wine? Well, that's part of it, the new wine. People laughing hysterically. Oh, that, that really lines up with the Bible, too. You know, the whole thing about everything should be done in decency and in order and that type of thing. It's, 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 it's insane. It's insane. And then these are people that are very serious and have not experienced the river or holy laughter. Oh, that's another thing they call it, the river. There's a church in our area that's called the river. I actually know the pastor. And on the placard outside, it says church, it just says this phrase, it says church should be fun. And that's it. Wow, that is profound. Can I have the book chapter verse on that? Huh. The Bible says that all they that live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. Why don't they have that on the placard? Huh? Why don't they talk about the martyrs and, you know, their their horrific deaths and the apostles' horrific deaths? Evidently, we're better than they. We deserve to have fun. Give me a break. The only thing I deserve is death and hell apart from the Lord Jesus Christ. Unbelievable. But, yeah, they had not experienced the river holy laughter. Because they had come from a more religious background. And they really needed it as it shook off the depression and the heaviness. Again, your prayers made the decisive difference in this victory report. 
so that was that was the email I got. Now I'm going to go ahead and close out this session. We'll go to the next part in regard to uh, describing more of the meeting itself.